The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined, as always, by Chris Flum. Today, we are going to discuss some stock up, stock down, have a little bit of fun with it, Chris, from preseason week one. Also want to go over some of the players who did not practice on Monday and just what's going on from an injury front with the New York football giants. But before we do that, how you doing, bud? Uh. <laughs> Right now, I am a hot, sweaty mess, which is a, which is a thing I think the people need to know. Yeah, no, it, it is just very, very hot right now. Uh, heat index of somewhat like 115. Dog walk this morning was rough and just kind of happy to be inside in the air conditioning right now. And recording the Chris and Nick show. All right, let's yes. start right here with some of the injuries or just the players who left the preseason week one game. As we look forward to preseason week two against the Carolina Panthers, it didn't seem like Brian Dable was overly worried about Colin Johnson. It's not a long-term injury with his leg. Jamie Gillen, Brian Dable said, was okay. And also Cordell Flott, who left the game with an abdominal injury, is also okay and back practicing. So all in all, from the injuries from the game, those were the three primary ones. Not a lot of noteworthy or takeaway things, which is excellent, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. That that I think is the biggest thing we are always looking for from these preseason games is just for everybody to get out healthy. And that's both teams, really. Nobody wants to see a player on either team you know, fighting for his job, trying to make a roster, get hurt, have a potentially life-changing injury. Nobody wants that. And right now, it seems like the Giants are at least a little bit slowly starting to get healthier. You know, we've got Evan Neal, working his way back from the concussion. He's still in the protocol, but he's progressed to the point where he's doing non-contact work. Uh, Rakeem Nunez-Rochez, who got hurt just before camp started, literally the night before camp started, he is back at practice, I believe going through non-contact things as well. And defensive tackle DJ Davidson has been activated off the pup list. So starting to get some guys back. Starting to get some guys back, and we had several players not practice on Monday. I don't know how to read into some of this. Guys like Ryder Anderson, we're aware that he has the tricep injury that might hold him out for for 
an extended period of time, but hopefully not through the season. And he's a fringe roster guy anyways at this point. But still, I think a guy who has utility when he is out on the football field. But other players who did not practice, offensive lineman Devery Hamilton, Tyree Phillips, wide receiver Colin Johnson, running back Gary Brightwell, linebacker Cam Brown, and then defensive back Nick McLeod. And I want to focus on the first two names I brought up when I started listing the players, Devery Hamilton and Tyree Phillips, just because... And we're, we're about to get into the stock up, stock down portion of this podcast. I think these guys are kind of vital to the roster because if anything happens to Evan Neal, if anything happens to Andrew Thomas, we can't have Corey Cunningham out there. We shouldn't have a guard, Wyatt Davis, playing right tackle. And I personally, and it wasn't as bad as those two, I don't really want to see Matt Parrott out there. So what's your take, actually, before we get to the ad break, what's your take on that offensive tackle situation now that you've reviewed the film? You know, I think I, I'm kind of right there with you. I don't want to see Corey Cunningham out there in a regular season game. I definitely don't want to see a guard out there in a regular season game or even a preseason game, honestly, if they can avoid it, because you know a failure there could lead to something significant happening in the backfield. I hope Hamilton and Phillips are able to get healthy and get healthy quickly, because I really do think they are both pretty much locks to make the final roster and they both have so much versatility that they could provide depth to the offensive interior as well as be both of them be swing tackles matt parrot was fine yeah he he kind of played in that game like he always has for the giants he looked fine you could see the upside the reason why he was drafted in the third round right up until he started having failures. And that's just kind of been the story with him. So I don't know how much you can trust him to be your primary swing tackle. Now, right now, he is probably behind Hamilton and Phillips on the depth chart. However, those two guys are hurt right now. And I would really like to the opportunity to see all three of them on the field against roughly the same caliber of opponents in the preseason. That's yes. when we want to see yes. those guys on the field. And even Tyree Phillips, <laughs> I thought that went without saying, <laughs> yes, I like Tyree Phillips. I think he can be a, a solid swing tackle for this team. I think everything that we've seen since he's arrived here, when he had to step in for Evan Neal last year, the fact that he is being cross-trained at the guard spot, at least gives me the feeling that he's competent enough to step in and he won't be he won't drown out there whereas some of the other some of these other tackles it, it was not a pretty sight and i just don't want to see them touch the nfl field during the regular season because unfortunately injuries happen and i want to get to the stock up stock down portion of the show but before we do that we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors here at sb nation all right chris stock up stock down I want to really highlight the players who are kind of fringe roster guys and the players who are in direct competition with other individuals on the roster who could likely make the team. Some of the primary battles that I think we should be paying attention to all throughout the roster, one that really sticks out because of the Giants of the slot machine is Jamison Crowder against Cole Beasley. And, and the reason why I'm focusing on these two is because they're both older veterans who have some some link to 
Brian Dable's system. Now, I know Cole, or Jameson Crowder was there after Brian Dable left, but Buffalo is running something at least similar. Cole Beasley has played for Brian Dable before. And I think both of these players comported themselves well in preseason week one. But if I had to give an edge to one, I think it's Cole Beasley. This guy's 34 years old, and he's still moving that quickly, just a very sudden type of player in and out of his breaks. When you watch him release off the line of scrimmage like he did on that one catch that was off the uh, it was a three by one set he was a number three and he ran an out route through the clear outs caught it and then just turned up field pivoted back to the inside against the lines it's a very impressive move but if you watch his release man he he really knows how to delay the release hips feet square to the defender keep that defender guessing head nod just get that defender to move off platform a little bit before breaking in his desired direction and he still looks like he moves as a 25-year-old when he is breaking in and out of those cuts. So I didn't think it when the Giants signed him, but and I don't think it's a, a certainty, Chris. But I think Cole Beasley, man, he might be in line to earn a roster spot here, and it's going to come at the expense of Jamison Crowder. And I think the one one more point I want to make really is going to come down to special teams as well. Like Cole Beasley might not have too much of an impact on special teams, but if Eric Gray seizes the punt return job and the kick return job, I think Jamison Crowder more than likely will be out of the job. What do you have to say to that? Yeah, I, th I think that might be how it works out. Now, Crowder, he has been, he's been nicked up. He's been dinged up. He hasn't gotten quite as many reps as Beasley has. So I, I want to see how things compare, how the two compare in the upcoming game against the Panthers. I also want to see if Sterling Shepard is able to get onto the field. Now, he was just activated off the pup list. I wasn't surprised that he didn't play against the Lions. But I think the three of these guys might be competing for one roster spot, which, you know, if you had told me maybe this time last year that a year from now, Sterling Shepard would be fighting for his job with Jamison Crowder and Cole Beasley, I probably would have laughed at that. But that's kind of where they are. At this point, and I am also to a certain extent wondering just how many receivers the Giants wind up keeping because we do have Wandale Robinson that they're going to have to make room for because I fully expect him to come off the pup at some point. Yeah, we haven't gotten any indication that he's destined for the IR. Another back end roster player that really showed up well, specifically in the red zone is Jordan Riley. And DJ Davidson was just activated off the pup. I've said before on this podcast, I, I think the battle for the last defensive tackle spot with the Giants bringing in Ashawn Robinson and Rakeem Nunez Rochez and actually having depth there, thankfully, <laughs> is going to come down to DJ Davidson and Jordan Riley. And honestly, man, Jordan Riley is just a mountain of a man in the middle of the interior defensive line. And he is hard to move off the spot. And you could see his pure strength on the one goal line play where the Lions, they, they pulled somebody from the backside. I think it was a counter run and they missed to Sean Bauer, who also is another player. Maybe we should talk about because I felt like he looked pretty solid out there. But Jordan Riley was just occupying both of the A gaps, just duo A gap right there. Like He, he was just in the middle because he tossed the guard who attempted to block down on him on the pinpole concept aside. And I think Jordan Riley is, is, is just another one that has to be a stock up player here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's playing well enough that it does not bode well for DJ Davidson and the rest of the Giants' horde of massive interior linemen. 
Yeah, that was an impressive performance by Jordan Riley against, okay, if not the Lions starters, then definitely guys they're going to be relying on either as primary depth pieces or role players within their regular season offense. Yeah, it's easy to overreact to preseason, but just looking at the traits Riley showed, you talked about his strength, his size, how he was able to control multiple gaps as a nose tackle. But also, I I remarked on this after the game, he was surprisingly quick within his range. Like He's not going to be a sideline to sideline yeah. player or anything <laughs> like that. But within his range, he I thought he was remarkably quick. And that was something I had a concern about with him coming out of college, you know, coming out of Oregon and the various other places he's played. So I think he had, he made himself, made himself some money, or at least took a significant step towards securing a roster spot for him against the Lions. Now he has to maintain that he has to keep up the momentum and then hold off DJ Davidson, who was also a draft pick of this regime so it's not like he's competing against somebody who's just signed off the street or a holdover from you know james betcher's defense or anything anything like that geez going to prehistoric times i see it feels like it <laughs> yeah so uh he's competing right now with brandon bryant kevin atkins kobe smith donovan jeter and if you look that to me i felt like jordan riley looked just like the best one out there out of those defensive linemen, those interior defensive linemen who more than likely won't make the team. I want to stay here near the trenches at the edge position because O'Shane Zimenez is the presumed edge three, not including Jihad Ward since he has a much more specified type of role, just more so pertaining to rushing the passer. I thought to Sean Bauer and Hobble Baldonado both showed up well, specifically to Sean Bauer, who was number 94. And I want to acknowledge him because I didn't really think going into this process, he would be a player that I would entertain as a uh, as someone who would make the final roster. And I'm still not saying that's a, a definite, but he's caught my radar because he was stern against the run, man. He held up at the point of attack. He shed really quickly. He, he had a couple good edge setting type of plays. He also rushed the passer, had a PBU. I thought Baldonado did really good showing his strength and his power as a pass rusher. As a run blocker, he got hinged away from the gap a couple different times, but he's rookie UDFA. Bowers at like a 28-year-old journeyman. But Chris, do you think either of these players have a chance to usurp O'Shane Zimenez and possibly take some snaps away from him? I think the potential is there. Yeah, I think Zimenez is... I, I, he's more athletic than either Bauer or Baldonado. I think he's got a better idea to do those zone drops that we know Wink likes to do with his edge defender. So I think that gives him the, the ability to play more of the defense than the other two guys. Like I don't think any of the three of them are leapfrogging Timon Fox. I think he is kind of the giants edge three out there. Again, Jihad Ward set off to the side. I want to see more reps of them rushing the passer. And again, I want to see them going against roughly equal competition. So if Zimenez is getting stonewalled by the Panthers second tackle, which you know the Panthers don't have a great offensive line right now. So that would be concerning, but 
you know, Bauer or Balnado are getting success, but it, it's against like their fourth string tackle. Those are a little difficult to apples to apples compare. Yeah, I'd like to see them get see the younger guys. Well, Bauer isn't really younger, but the guys further down the depth chart to get sprinkled in more earlier in the game. And I think they did enough to earn that. How about Tommy Sweeney catching the touchdown and the Don Bosco connection from one Tommy DeVito? And I think there's there could it's not a certainty because the Giants might also want to carry a fullback type, which I think Daniel Bellinger is going to operate in that role. But since the the 90 man roster is very crowded, I think the Giants might only carry three tight ends. And it seems like it's going to be Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger and Lawrence Cager, who didn't play often in the preseason game, which is somewhat of a tell that he's more safe on the roster. But what, what are your thoughts on Chris Myrick, Tommy Sweeney? I think Tommy Sweeney might be that fourth guy in consideration. And do you think he has an opportunity to make the team if injuries do not befall anybody in front of him? I'll be honest. I lately have been leaning towards the Giants keeping four tight ends and three running backs. Okay. As And have Eric Gray as the punt returner slash utility backup running back. Because the Giants started out the game in 12 personnel. They had Lawrence Cager and Daniel Bellinger start. To me, that is a tell. And I think it's kind of awkward having Lawrence Cager as their third and only backup tight end. Because he is a direct backup for Darren Waller, but that leaves Daniel Bellinger with no backups and he has a verse, a valuable skill set. We saw how useful he was as a, as a true Y two way tight end and 11 personnel tight end last year and how the giants offense suffered when he wasn't on the field due to injury. Yes, they could use an offensive lineman as a jumbo tight end, but that's kind of a tell that odds are you're going to be running the ball and having another Y tight end like a Chris Myrick or a Tommy Sweeney, whichever one beats out the other and winds up higher on the depth chart yet that at least preserves the potential for a pass that having a sixth offensive lineman on the field doesn't preserve at least nearly as well. I mean, I suppose you could have Andrew Thomas, you know, declare eligible and throw him the ball. We know he can catch, but I'm not quite, I'm not so sure about Matt Paert or Tyree Phillips or Dever Hamilton or Josh Azudu or, you know, any, whoever winds up being the sixth lineman. So lately I have been leaning towards the giants, keeping four tight ends and just three running backs or possibly even just five receivers. However it works out, I think the Giants are going to have an unconventional offense because I don't think they have a choice. I think you're right. If you look at their personnel, I'm not 100% certain if they'll keep four tight ends and three running backs, but I don't think it's a ridiculous idea. And uh, a lot of it probably comes down to, obviously, health. There's so much that still needs to play into this. But I want to highlight one player. And he's not necessarily in direct competition with anybody who played in preseason week one, but it's definitely a stock up in my opinion, because what we saw on the, on the field, he looked very decisive within the box. And this is one Micah McFadden linebacker. He was quick to fill. There was a GF counter 
that was ran with the backside guard pulled and then the fullback wrapped around the quarterback and went right into the gap. Michael McFadden read it perfectly and just positioned himself right on the outside shoulder of the fullback. Jason Cabinda blew Jason Cabinda up right into the running back who had to bounce it towards the other side, the non-desirable side, and it ended up just being a it wasn't a gain of anything. It's like, damn, if Michael McFadden could have did that consistently last year, the Giants were terrible against counter runs last season. So I think Michael McFadden is a stock up. Unfortunately, Darian Beavers, the player that he is competing against, didn't have a chance to dress for this game. But were you impressed with Michael McFadden? I was. I thought McFadden played well. It will be interesting to see how the uh, how the depth chart next to Bobby O'Karaki shakes out between Darian Beavers and Micah McFadden. I still think the two wind up basically in a platoon. The I I would be surprised if the Giants had more than two linebackers on the field for more than basically extreme heavy packages, you know, fourth and an inch type package type type situations. And I really do think that between the two it will come down to individual matchup and opponent tendency because the Beavers and McFadden, they they have different games. They're different styles of linebacker. Beavers is more of the downhill player, while McFadden is more of the off-ball will type, but he does bring a a pretty good blitzing dimension. So I think this is stock up for McFadden, but not necessarily stock down for Darian Beavers. And I don't know if this is... A, a camp battle per se, but Alex Cook and Javarius Owens, I think Javarius Owens has a shot to make this roster. I don't know how likely it is for Alex Cook to, if no injuries happen, because the Giants actually have depth all throughout their their safety room with Dane Belton, Nick McLeod, Xavier McKinney, Jason Pinnock, Bobby McCain. But I think it's stock up for both those players. Javarius Owens almost came away with an interception on a beautiful read off of a backside horizontal cross and a clear out route that was supposed to occupy his eyes as the middle of the field close safety and he just pivoted off of the clear out just went right downhill through the outside shoulder to force a a batted ball away and Alex Cook did something a little bit similar later in the game almost came away with the turnover interception I think the ball was tipped or, or the quarterback was hit so the ball kind of like fluttered in there but still was a good read from Alex Cook who also had like three really strong tackles around the line of scrimmage. A couple of them came in the red zone as well. So I thought it was stock up for both Javarius Owens and Alex Cook and also stock up for Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito is likely not going to make this team, but the practice squad wasn't a certainty. And I think Tommy DeVito may have played his way into a practice squad role. And there's a lot of value in that because a lot of the guys on the roster right now, Chris, they're going to be unemployed shortly in a couple weeks. And having a practice squad spot being one injury away from earning snaps and coming up to the 53-man roster is important. Very important. We saw that last year, not necessarily at quarterback, although there was the, I believe it was the Bears game where the Giants basically finished without a quarterback because both Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor had gotten hurt over the course of the game. Now, they didn't wind up missing any time because of it, but yeah, that did happen. I think I, I'm I'm with you. DeVito was impressive. He is a fun player to watch. He isn't perfect, obviously. He's a rookie. He's a he's a UDFA rookie. But I do think there's something to work with. And the Giants 
don't have a QB2 for next year. This is Tyrod Taylor's last year, last year on his contract. And I could certainly see the Giants wanting to keep Tommy DeVito around, keep him in the program, develop him on the practice squad, and at least give him the chance to compete for the backup quarterback job next year. So I would say definite stock up. Now, again, it is one preseason game that is very easy to overreact to. It's a small sample size. He was playing against a lot of guys who probably won't be in the NFL this year. But even with that, even taking that into account, he played well. He showed some very good things. All righty, Chris, anything else before we get out of here? Nope. I think that's about it. Uh, I'm not going to do my Darth hoodie impression, but we're on to Carolina. We're on to Carolina. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Chris and Nick show here on Big Blue View Radio. Please, if you have not done so already, like and subscribe, comment on the podcast. Head on over to BigBlueView.com where we have all of our written content. Thank you, everyone. Take care of each other.